Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, and we have our last segment of today, which is a roundtable discussion with our partner, the Veterans Legislative Voice. March is National Women's History Month and Disability Awareness Month. Today is Saturday, March 12, 2022. You just heard our, co- our host over the commercial break, Cliff Kelly. I'm the co-host, Sean Claiborne. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a familiar voice again on our show, Stephanie Collada. She's a U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class. She's a veteran and the founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. And she's going to talk about House Representative Bill 3967, which is called the Honoring Our Pact Act of 2021. What is this act all about, Stephanie? Hi, I'm glad to be here. Um, so this bill has a lot of great information and a lot of different things that would change for veterans, specifically towards toxic exposures. Um, most definitely, probably the biggest thing right now that most veterans are looking forward to if it does pass is that it does establish presumptives towards burn pits and um, specific uh medical conditions and for women veterans it's very important for the because it counts for reproductive uh, cancers as well so a lot of uh, female veterans have an increased rate of breast cancer and a lot of people link it towards be- uh, burn pits so that's a big thing for the women veterans today um, and then also it creates a uh, registry and a good amount of studies for Veterans. The registry would actually be for Fort McClellan out of uh, Anniston, Alabama. It has a similar situation towards what everybody's familiar with with Camp Lejeune because there was a lot of water contamination that happened there. Fort McClellan, the water contamination didn't exactly originate from the military. It was actually from the civilian side, but a good amount of the base uh, people that had served on it during a certain time period were affected because of the uh, the, the toxicity in the water. Which base was this? Uh, Fort McClellan. Wow. Alabama. I've had the honor of being there, thankfully, after they cleaned everything up. Um, but, yeah, it it's a beautiful area, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird that you mention that because, you know, the Anniston Army Depot is down there at the Anniston, Alabama. And that's where they got all yes. those toxic stuff. <laughs> it's ironic that yes. this is where <laughs> they're launching this uh, this study because that's where you know pretty much anything nasty you want to find <laughs> is in the Anniston Army Depot uh, weapons depot. Pretty much, <laughs> I've had the I've had the honor of working at a, at a few Army uh, depots or at least visiting, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Wow, yeah, I, had a, I had a friend who used to go and uh, uh, have to clean up, like do the uh, not in the clean up, but he would have to go and do inspections there. Um, when he was mm-hmm. he was actually in, he was in the navy actually though but he was uh, somehow got assigned to that that um, detail and everybody would when he was coming in from the navy everybody took off that day because they didn't want to go in <laughs> so it was yeah. so you got yeah. this <laughs> we'll take off and come back next month 
But yeah, so 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 what are some of the things we can look forward to? And also what's the success of what's the likelihood of success to get this type of thing passed through legislation? Well, since it had already passed the House and a good amount of the Democrats, um, since they do rule the majority, well it's fifty fifty split with the vice president's fifty one to break the tie, it's it's very likely that it would pass if they do bring it towards for a vote. That's one of the struggling things we do have with the Congress is uh, often the the votes that we think that would more likely pass do not come for a vote. Or we would like to pass doesn't come for a vote. And sometimes that is also in the charge of the majority leaders. Last year, uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had um, restricted the amount of uh, bills that he would like to get introduced into the House or excuse me, in the Senate. Um, so it's been a bit of a struggle. We're really looking forward on getting this one sent up. Another thing that we, that I am looking forward to on this is that it actually creates an independent, independent study on the individuals, the service members in their personal health records. So you can have that impact updated into their records as they are serving, especially when they already know that some people have been working or living in a t- uh, in an area that might be uh, toxic for uh, living there. So it's mm-hmm. it'll be something that will really help veterans in the future when they do become veterans. Do you think that the pandemic had a lot to do with this to make people more aware of uh, the social toxicity of different things? So the stuff we touch, the stuff that we spray or paint our, our vehicles with, you know, all these, these uh, breakthrough chemicals, you know, Teflon was invented in the military. Then we found out that Teflon is not as safe as we thought it was. You know, so all these different things that you know that we come up with in the military. Are we what what is what changed all of a sudden since when the World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, and then the Gulf Wars to make us more aware of this type of issue? Is it the pandemic? I say it's more social media, and social media has been affected by the pandemic because. People had to be restricted to their own homes, so people are more likely to be using and accessing social media. Um, A lot of studies, a lot of information comes out there to help with people understand what's going on. I mean, just the power of memes alone (laughs) is crazy on how it brings awareness for people. Um, Because I've seen a couple of political memes out there actually for the benefit of passing bills, and I've created some myself, and they really do help start the conversations online. And speaking of social media, you can also listen to us and see us on Facebook Live right now. We're going live on Facebook. You can also search America's Heroes Group. You can search America's HG and watch us on our website, americashg.org. Or you can go to platforms like like Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and download us or see us on Zondra TV. That is an app on Roku. Amazon Fire, Apple TV, the Zandra TV network allows you to see other shows and also America's Heroes Group. So check us out and also make sure you comment their discussion. The discussion doesn't end when the show goes off the air. Leave your discussions on social media. Let us know how you feel and know how you think and engage in the community. So having said that, so one of the things I'm, I'm curious about is so all the things that, that we have out there, all the things you've talked about on our show in the previous segments, all these different bills have come out. What has been in the last couple of years from memory, uh, the success rate of these things actually getting legs or even becoming law or at least is getting to the next stage? 
Well, it's fancy to ask that because I've actually started studying the political history of the passage of veterans and military bills. Um, and it's actually right around 1% of mm-hmm. all bills that are introduced are actually passed or enacted in law. Um, there is a lot of bills that are that cover similar things and overlap. It's because once they introduce a bill and then they realize that you know, they need to edit it or things like that. A lot of times they just introduce a new bill with new information instead of adding an amendment because it does take an additional uh, vote for adding the amendment on there. So it does add a couple of steps in there. So it kind of flubs with the numbers a bit when you have that. But, yeah, 1% is about the number. That sounds depressing, Stephanie. I thought you were going to tell me like at least 10%, 15%. I got 1%. No. <laughs> Now, sadly, yes, in the House, thousands of uh, bills are introduced. Um, they also are. They also include different things like resolutions, which is mostly a universal public statement about something that's happening, and so that also can uh, be included on those numbers as well. Okay. So, what is your uh, prognosis for this one? You kind of mentioned that it's getting a little bit of steam. Um, and it seems like this is in line with a lot of other stuff that's going on in the world. The reason why I kind of, the reason I'm asking you this question a little bit deeper, because of the fact that more people seem to be more aware of environmental issues, especially when we're talking about the green movement. We're talking about moving to electric cars. We're talking about even in, even looking at the, the toxicity of lithium ion batteries and and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, uh, the the waste line, the waste fields and stuff where you take your garbage in the landfills. You know, all this stuff yep. is becoming more and more. Um, um, front and center in the media and on social media and on people's minds. I'm, I'm very, I, I really am pretty optimistic for this bill. I mean, I try to be optimistic for most bills, mostly because if not, I I'd go a little crazy uh, because also that 1% number I had quoted. Um, but I do have a lot of enthusiasm with this bill. Um, the bill, the bill that passed in, in the house, it, had all of the Democrats voting yay and 34 Republicans. I have a inkling that more than one Republicans are going to be uh, voting yay for this if it does come to a vote. Um, personally, I'm from Florida, so Senator Marco Rubio has been on top of these type of um, bills and had been co-sponsoring and introducing these bills with uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. So I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that he does vote yay. Um, so anybody that does want these type of bills passed, please contact your representatives, your senators. Um, you give them a call. I recommend that way because it's the quickest and easiest way to get the information out there and to them. They register every single call, email, and snail mail. Um, if, they, if I knew of the facts, that would probably be the other way. Um, and they register it all there. The reason why I recommend phones is because when um, people send an email or mail, it goes through a lot of processing. And so when, for example, last year I sent an email to the uh, Senator Rubio's office, and I didn't get a response until like three or four months later. I don't blame them because they're probably receiving a whole lot of emails because it is the state of Florida, but it does happen. And so calling them and leaving the message, getting that registered and getting the information out there is the best way to go. I'll even say if the thousand press, the fact they responded to me three months later, even 
that I'd imagine they would get like a lot of different calls, but just getting any kind of response, I mean, this tells you that, you know, that your democratic voice does make a difference. I mean, we're a republic, yeah. but we are also a democratic republic. So the thing of it is, is that we got to make sure that we use the tools and methods that we have available to us. But I also want to say that the thing that's really important for us as a, as a nation, particularly, is to be better. We need to up our reading comprehension skills, really. I mean, we really need to understand mm-hmm. and try to be able to to take in information and dissect it and think critically about the information that's coming through us at social media, on television, on the news, learning how to just not take somebody's word for what they say on uh, because they're on a, on a podcast or on a on a radio show. Making sure that we understand, yep. you know, how what facts, real facts are, and how to uh, vet facts. Mm-hmm. For me, if it doesn't have a reference of what they're saying, I honestly try to take it as, uh, as a grain of salt. Um, and another point about social media I forgot to mention is the power of the hashtags. When Vanessa Guillen went missing, the power of the, and also everybody um, finding about the sexual harassment that she had received while she was still serving, a lot of people started using the hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen and then sharing their own personal stories. Many, many of the representatives and senators that were concerned about this subject read these stories. They even mentioned that within the congressional hearings. I was very frustrated when I heard that one of the uh, military officers that was at the hearing testifying, he didn't go into reading those hashtags. I do know a couple of military leaders that stand out and actually read a lot of the uh, tweets and messages that they receive, and they will reply. My favorite is Sergeant Major of the Army, Grinston, because he replies to a lot of things, and he reads all of the uh, messages he gets. It's amazing on how much the power of the social media can really help impact these people. Now, do you, are they now in the in political world and even in the military? Do you, is it more so that these guys are reading things directly, or do they have a peep? They have, do they have a group or understudies or people that actually do that for them and kind of respond? It, it really depends on the per, on the person on how tech savvy they are on the social media. Um, I'm pretty sure that's. I mean try not to really uh, subject it, but I'm, I hope that they all read it. Uh, I've worked on command staffs before, and the PAO people do take care of that, and they usually do a, um, a nice little memo to give them updated information of what they are aware of on social media. And some uh, officials are really good about doing it themselves, and it's amazing of what, uh, how in touch they can get with the normal people of today. So what do you think this bill really truly means to veterans? Like, what do you think the impact would be if it does make it uh, and, and become law? What do you think the, the, the main impact is going to be to everybody, um, civilians and military members? Well, first off, I think of the VA disability claims because that's a big one. A lot of veterans, they can only get – a lot of the veterans that have disability, they have up to under 50%. And that way, that means they can only receive treatment on conditions that are service-connected. For me, the presumptives of that establishing those presumptives, that helps them go over the mark to 50%. And if they have it, have either the 50% or the service connection for those burn pit conditions or cause conditions, they have more treatment. They can take care of the cancers or the really disabling conditions that they have, and it can save lives because many veterans 
weren't able to get the treatment right away because they didn't qualify for the uh, for the VA care, and then they just took their time, or they didn't they couldn't afford anything else. So many veterans had passed because they didn't have that access to health care. Um, I do want to put a disclaimer out there that if they do file for the claims when the percent presumptives are established, the VA disability claims are going to become backlogged. They became backlogged when VA added, um, what was it, chronic cyanitis, rhinitis, and asthma to the burn pit presumptives. They did that. The um, backlog went back. I think it added about three or four months to a typical average claim. So just look out for that, everybody. If they, if you, uh, that does become established, there will be a, a backlog of claims. They have been doing really good on working on these claims because, of course, we backlog because of COVID. Um, I was one of the veterans that was part of the backlog in 2012, and I waited 14 months for my first exam. Wow. Man. So, yeah, they've been doing a cancer. lot better. Man. Yes. I'm glad it wasn't cancer either. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and then I, I got my first checks, I think 23 months later, and I had a pretty average initial claim. I had a lot of things in there, so it wasn't, and I had a lot of good documentation. So it would have been a really easy case for them at least, but sometimes people don't have the easiest cases and the, they have to have patience and it sucks and it's frustrating. So when is the bill coming down the pike that says, okay, now for the first time in in our nation's history, we're going to not have our veterans have to go through this weird, uh, you know, documentation process. You just get health care because you were a veteran. You were put on the uniform mm-hmm. for six months or whatever. Now you have health care. Whatever it is that's wrong with you, just come to the VA or come to uh, to a clinic and we're going to treat it. Whether you, whether you do it through the VA or do it through a private doctor, you will get health care. Just like it is when you're in the military, when you're, when you're actually serving, for the most part, you can just go to, you know, once you get, of course, you've got to get permission. But once you actually, once you go to a hospital, a military hospital, they're going to treat you. They don't have to, you don't have to like, have documentation or proof. If you get sick in this, as a civilian, you can just go and just go see a doctor. If you have insurance, if you're paying for insurance that's with your employer, they're not going to make you prove that you got sick under certain conditions. Therefore, you don't get this or you don't get that. You just go to the doctor. You have a deductible and that's it. Right. And some some people do qualify for those deductible things and they do pay for it. I do know a handful of uh, veterans that do um, have to pay the, uh, certain care while they're at the VA because they will charge um, if they're not service connected and they are not eligible in a certain class. It, it is frustrating. The biggest thing that I know for making health care for all for veterans, that would be really difficult because of the amount of money. The amount of money that they are estimating for this is over, I think, thirty billion for the next ten years. That's not and a lot of think about that though. You spend seven hundred billion per year on hardware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just on hardware. We have seven hundred billion per year in climbing. I mean, mm-hmm. We don't even bat an eye at that. No, and then this happens this, and yeah, the, You're talking about three billion dollars over ten three billion dollars a year over ten years, thirty billion dollars, that's nothing. Yeah. Uh, here, let me do, oh, excuse me. I forgot a zero. Three hundred billion <laughs> over ten years. Even if, um, even if that's thirty billion dollars a year, I mean the entire VA system for be- mm-hmm. all benefits is two hundred billion dollars a year. 
That's for yeah. all benefits. That's education benefits, housing benefits, uh, medical benefits. Any benefit the VA offers is $200 billion per year. The, the, the hardware mm-hmm. budget, the defense budget, is $700 billion every year plus. Yeah. yeah. And we're we're approaching pretty quickly a trillion-dollar military budget. Mm-hmm. For half the, the weapons we don't the, even use. Yeah, and the argue about this is because a lot of people don't see the toxic exposures as the cost of war. And that has been changing a lot of people's perspectives nowadays as they're becoming more aware and there's more studies done for these burn pits or even the Gulf War veterans. Gulf War veterans are also included on this bill. Um, There are actually um, two conditions being added towards the Agent Orange presumptives. One of them is hypertension, and then the other one is a uh, very complicated uh, pronouncing uh, disease. But... um, yeah, the hypertension is a big one because a lot of um, Congress people fight against that one because that one will be the most expensive of all uh, all the presumptives for Agent Orange because a lot of the veterans have hypertension. So they're fighting over trying to figure out how to get a, a, a faster missile or a more or a shinier toilet that could be deployed in the field, but they can't get. They're fighting against trying to get somebody some medical attention. Yep, exactly. It's very frustrating, and thankfully, um, there's been a lot of advocates out there to actually fight for this, and it's been an amazing way of, of basically the amazing journey that we've been taking in the past couple of years. Wow. So tell us, how do we get a hold of Veterans Legislative Voice? Give us a, your social media information. How do we connect with you? Yeah, uh, Veteran Legislative Voice is on Facebook as a page, as a group. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. My website is vets, V-E-T-S, legislativevoice.org. Uh, and then, so, so, so final words, tell us what you're, what do you want us to know um, about this and anything else you want us to uh, kind of digest before you, before you leave out? I uh, just want to let everybody know, just keep fighting and keep pushing for this bill um, and any other bills that you believe is important. Um, anybody that has any questions about how to advocate, or whether there's even a bill introduced on the situation that you're covering or you're being impacted by, contact me through social media and I can help you out. I actually um, stalk a lot of veterans groups to find uh, people in their situations, and I refer them to congressional bills that have been introduced that could help them. So they can talk to their Congress people and to get those co-sponsored and pushed for voting. I think that's really important information that they give us. I think it's really important. So uh, the audience, make sure you look up on the Internet or go into social media and research House Representative Bill 3967, honoring our PACT Act of 2021. Reach out to Stephanie Collada. Make sure that you connect with her so she has the information and also can give you the information that you need in order to be a responsible citizen, a responsible veteran, and also help change the trajectory of how we are being treated as veterans. I mean, make sure we prioritize veterans' health before and after war. Thank you, Stephanie, for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You always have great information for us. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And this is America's Heroes Group. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.